Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Urbane Legends, the internet fun time podcast about urban legends and other uh, categories around that. And it is the largest on the internet by volume. I am one of your hosts, Chris Flynn, and with me, as always, is my high school wrestling coach. It's Mr. Neil Herbert. I've been reading... My well, coach. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this, because there's some unsavoury stories about high school wrestling oh. coaches, ain't there? I hope well, going yeah, direction. there is, but, uh, but this is why I wanted to bring a nice one up. Oh, right. You know, okay, yeah. Because when things were hard for me at home... Like, you know, my parents kicked me out because I kept using matches. Yeah. Then um, you let me sleep in the boiler room under the gym, didn't you? And you didn't tell the principal. Well, he just, you yeah. know, stuck up, and he? <laughs> stuck up. That's his problem. Oh. Harvard boy, wasn't he? And, um, and of course, like, you know, your coaching taught me discipline. It got me onto the right side of the tracks. Absolutely, and, yeah. Had it not been for me being disqualified for a massive groin bite in the semi-finals, we would have gone all the way to state. I think. I still think that's a ridiculous rule. Yeah, so do I. Like, yeah. fight's a fight, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Or a square go here. Can't have a cock bite. What can you do? Exactly. That's yeah. missing a trick. When you jock strap. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, that's why you wear the uh, cup. Yeah, that's why you have a protector, isn't it? Yeah. Different. Although to be fair, I did crunch Same through. Things. I crunched yeah. through that like yeah, well, yeah. like a like a dry lasagna sheet. <laughs> how how are you doing, coach? How's your week been? Still coaching? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> coaching a lot of underprivileged. Um, yeah, that's good. It's, you know, teaching them meaning success. Did you um did you try to teach them poetry and stuff like your dead poet society, but realised that you weren't uh, weren't equipped mentally to do it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you just started rolling around with them. I couldn't really, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't actually, you know, my, my, uh, as people know from my cadence on the, on the, um, on the podcast, I have difficulty reading things out. So, um, yeah, I wasn't very inspiring in my, uh, enunciation for poetry and things like that. Um, yeah, I'm a bit worried now though, because I think I'm getting a lot of people going on. So have you, have you seen all these stories about what's his name? Vince McMahon, who's, um, sexual assault, truly heinous things. Oh yeah, but he's been doing, like they did a behind the bastards on him before all this. He's always been up to that kind of stuff. Stuff going on for years, but. uh... But you, um, what you told, because it was, for me, it was quite inspiring because uh, I thought I was good, good for nout, right? Good for nothing. Um, And I was constantly teased because of how I looked. Um, and you actually said that my the way that I look would actually be really good for wrestling because, um, as you'll remember, I, both my arms and legs are the same length. Yeah. And you said that'll actually be really handy for wrestling. So, exactly, yeah. Um, or on a freak yeah. show, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, try wrestling, if not. Yeah, try not, you know. There's always, if not, there's always the a circus to fall back on. <laughs> Get in with the carnies. Well, that The ways are funny, but they're a tight bunch. They love each other, really. They do, yeah. They do. Much like the wrestling fraternity. Yep, and the K-Fabes. Loving the steroids a bit too much. They do like steroids. But, um, hey, man, it's entertainment. So yeah. if you can't, if you're not going to steroid yourself up... You can't spell entertainment without steroids. Exactly. Uh, talking don't, about... Don't, don't, don't look into that too much. <laughs> yeah, um, in some language. Yeah. Um, talking of steroids, I've been, uh, I have been going to the gym, Neil. If you remember, I, I, I signed oh, okay. up for one. I've... I've How's that going? So I just want to. Because you were you were quite um, very injured. Long long recovery period. My recovery time, Neil, 
has zipped down to nearly nothing wow. already. I mean, it's, you know... It just goes to show. It just goes to show. Once you start moving, then your body will go with it. I just want to tell people, this isn't going to be one of those things... We're not going, We're not turning this into a bodybuilding... evolving into it, yeah. ...bodybuilding um, podcast. Um, that will be separate. That will be a Patreon special where I talk about my bodybuilding. Um, I don't hate but, myself enough to do, do one of those podcasts. Don't you? No. That's weird, I do. Um... Yeah, no, so I'm going three times a week, and, uh, yeah, like, it's good. Like, I feel quite good for doing it, going out walking every day and stuff as well. Yeah, well, good for you for the discipline, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's um, it's not enjoyable, don't get me wrong, but no, um, no. but afterwards you feel you good for doing it. You don't get a bit of a buzz it. of kind of like um, some endorphins or whatever? I'm, t- I'm too old for endorphins yeah, now. Yeah. I'm 41. Yeah, My endorphin the- days are over. Anyway, younger listeners, that's your, all the joy chemicals in your head run out by the time you're about 35. Well, especially if you took drugs when you were younger, you'd burn through them quite quite yeah, quickly. Serotonin's gone by now, yeah. I mean, as many poppers as I take before I start lifting, I'm still getting nothing. Still getting nothing, yeah. Still getting nothing. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, how has your week been? Sorry, I railroaded it. I know that the listeners do, do, they do care, sort of. I, I doubt that very much, but um, yeah, no, it's it's all been it's all been good. I'm sort of the days getting longer. I don't know whether it's terribly English, but um, yeah, I kind of yeah. The days I don't. Sorry, Cameron. No, no, no. I just it's this time of year. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of, but it's we're starting to it's starting to get warmer. It's starting to get brighter. Do you know what I mean? So well, yeah, I can I can see I can better. see you you bought a new jumper. I have, yeah, Pur- purple and blue. Kind of colours, yeah. Kind or is of. that, or have you just got some terrible bruising? Yeah, well, no, just spilled <laughs> a load of paint on it. No, it's officially. I think we're calling this rust coloured. Rust so coloured, kind of like red with kind of purpley bits. Is that to? Um, it looks warm. Is that it's quite in thick. remembrance of the film Rust, where Alec Baldwin shot that person definitely on purpose? Yeah. <laughs> or is yeah, it because apparently. you like the griefer filled? Uh, multiplayer computer game Rust. I've never never played that, but uh, I've heard oh, of it. I, I think. Yeah, maybe you should. I think I've heard of it. Yeah. So Neil, everyone. No, I haven't seen the film yet. Obviously, because it's not come out because because uh, he keeps killing his employees. Because <laughs> Baldwin's bloodlust knows the no first, end. The first rule of management: don't kill your employees. Sure, no, don't. No, shoot the biggest one. Yeah. Then the rest of the Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, everyone's talking about Taiwan being a possible um, uh, ignition point for a new world war, aren't they? But I don't think that's right, Neil. I think with uh, Giorgio, if that's his name, Millet moving into Argentinian presidency, I think it's the Falklands, don't you? That's going to be the flashpoint. I think that's going to be the flashpoint. It's going to get going. North Korea's getting pretty tasty again. Well, see that they're um, they're, they're no longer having an uh, idea of reconciliation with the South. No, I don't know what's I don't know what's peeved is. I don't know his cornflakes weren't very nice that morning or whatever. So he's decided to have a bit of a fucking spat. It does, he's just it's just like toddler lashing out in it. Just ignore, just ignore him and he'll go to sleep. Um, he might yeah, have I gas. Th- yeah, it might be that. I was. Um, I think it would be quite a good. I think. Like a good reality TV show because you know that um, in Amer- in the American upcoming election, they're they're choosing between two octogenarians. 
right? Yeah. So I was thinking... Oh, that's be... going to be... I just I was reading about that the other day and just thinking, well, this is going to be an edifying display for the rest of this. This is the problem yeah. with American politics. It fucking takes forever. Yeah. Like, literally, you're in there for four years, and the last year is just spent... Last two years, you can't well, do anything because of the house. The house normally switches hands. It's the last year as well where they just do all the campaigning, and it just... Yeah, so... I don't you've know got, how you'll you stand get... it in the US. Just yeah, no, just crap. ignore it, presumably. Pressing enough. The, our own electoral situation... But at least it's it seems mercifully brief compared to the whole, and it, and also it's not as in your face because of the finances involved. Yeah, there's not quite as much money involved in advertising. But I thought a good, um, like a good reality show would be Biden, Trump, Putin, Ayatollah Khomeini, maybe all You're in an out Haley. I've forgotten her name already. <laughs> the other Republican candidate. Yes. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so I think those all all just in an old people's home, and you could get Kim Jong Un to maybe be like the nurse. That'd be cool. There'd be a lot of fun jokes there, wouldn't there? That'd be something. I could <laughs> see that on like an adult swim thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just I just copy written it. So um, yeah. if adult swim are interested, uh, I have got I've got some ideas of where that could go. Um, Neil. Do you agree with me that the Michelin man's a class traitor? You're going to have to... Um, he used to be a mechanic. He used to be like, uh, you know... He used to be a mechanic. Yeah, he used to be his, sort of like with his tyres. Wrench and his... in his hands, and now he's telling people what ex- overly expensive places to eat. Yeah, disgusting, isn't it? £100 a course. Yeah, never trust a hippie. Um, there you go. Uh, one more thing, one more thing that um, I would... So... <laughs> I know this is like scatter gun, but uh, we haven't done this for two weeks. Um, so I realised. So I just want to. So this is just something to say to people. Look, I know Neil and I come across like we're basically omnipotent, right? But yeah, I, I too have gaps in knowledge, um, as I'm sure Neil does. Um, and I <laughs> become sitting... very apparent when anyone listens. <laughs> I was sitting there eating my dinner. And I realised I didn't really know what rice was. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I know it's rice. I know it's yeah. a food. But I didn't really know what it what it looked like in the wild. Like, I've seen paddy fields. It grows in paddy fields, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't know what it what it was. But it's just, it's simply a very versatile grain. Yeah, it's a grain, isn't it, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't, and, it, and it has, like, ears like you get with wheat. Mm. Well, I think, yeah, thing, I didn't thing, know that. No, that's fair it. enough. And what the thing is... is and Neil, do you know what? Isn't that big of me to admit it? Oh, it's huge of you, Chris. It's ginormous. Um, Very big. You well, can, no, I, I've been doing a lot of work on myself. Well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad yeah, I to, to turn this into a therapy <laughs> session every week. But, yeah, no, well, the thing is, everyone's got their gaps in knowledge, haven't they? It's kind of mm. like, or just, I think, quite often as well. I think the two things for me is, one is, like, quite often you don't sort of think about things. Like, I don't know if you ever get this thing where somebody, like, you'll use a word, and someone say, what does that mean? And then you mm. can, like, Ooh, I've never really had to think about it. Do you know what I mean? It's got, yeah. I think someone was like, you know, someone asked me to disingenuous once. So I was kind of like, oh, I'll kind of talk around it. but Not um, genuous. Yeah, well, you know. The word the, what does the, that mean? mean? Well, and then you mean? have horrible things like inflammable and flammable mean the same thing. I mean, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, but you know what I mean? Sometimes you get people to ask you, or, or even if it's but yeah, and then, or then you find out something, you know, some gap in your knowledge. Um, I remember I had a big gap in my knowledge of uh, until I was 27, 
I'd never heard the fantastic song, although I should have because of my being in the 80s and stuff. Um, we Don't Have to Take Our Clothes Off to Have a Good Time by Jermaine Stewart. Hadn't heard it until my mid to, mid to late 20s. I don't think that's what a huge, gap. I don't what think a that's gap. a huge gap, to be honest with you. I mean, it's quite famous if you have a particular point in time, but um, no, it's, it's something, like everyone, something else that everyone knows and then you hadn't realised or whatever. I can't remember the last thing. No, well, yeah, you wouldn't admit it even if you did, Neil. That's true. Um, so, anyway, moving. Let's move. That's on to my that's my today. scattergun approach to podcasting. Bears laid bare to the world. Now, what are we talking about? Which for is what people are actually here for, probably. Probably, yeah. I mean, yeah. So we're going to talk today, and it's a bit of an unusual one. That, well, it's it's one of these kind of like urban myth adjacent ones. You know, sometimes we go into sort of conspiracy. Sometimes it's a little mm. bit mystery. We'll never, nice. we'll never, Dane, we'll never sully ourselves with true crime, won't we? Although I did, I quite enjoyed actually. Recently, I was watching um, Only Murders in the Building. I just caught finally caught right, up with yeah, that. Yeah. Not bad. Maybe maybe leave that one for next week, but. Um, or not, but uh, yeah. I've seen the first, I saw the Didn't first two series and the start of the third. It's all right, yeah. It's probably it's slightly very, diminishing it's returns. It's just, it's yeah. watchable. I'd forgotten how much I, I won't go any more on about it, but I've forgotten how much I enjoyed Steve Martin and uh, Martin Short. I do think they're quite good physical comedians. I thought you were, what about Selena Gomez? You've got a tattoo of her, or did you kind of go off her after? I didn't want to go on to, yeah, my standing for Selena Gomez. <laughs> I don't, it's the first time I've seen her in anything, to be honest with you. I don't, um, she was sort of a musician, wasn't she? Was she? And then Disney before that, I assume. Oh, yeah, she, she was, was like a, she was like a singer. Yeah. Well, there's loads of them that all, all come up through, um, through yeah, Disney, through, didn't they? Um, yeah, through the Mouseketeers. Yeah, it seems to be the routine. Yeah. Well, that Dis- the Mouseketeers is very much the American Footlights, isn't it? I suppose it is in a way. Yeah, better paid. Well, <laughs> well paid. Yeah. The footlights, the footlights, the footlights for non-British people is a comedy review sort of theatre thing in Oxford, the Route to Toots, Mr. Snooty uh, University, and pretty much if you're in the footlights, then you're guaranteed a TV show on BBC, or you used to be anyway. I think I think some like I think John Oliver started there as well. That's be having Richard Iwade possibly. Don't think I Wardy did. Yeah, I'm not sure. Matt Honus did. Oh, okay, yeah. So I think it's you know, no, it's, it's, it's quite a, quite a lot of talents coming out of it. David Mitchell. Yeah. yeah. Robert Webb. And yeah, the Peep Show guys. Um, Ju- um yeah. Coleman, who's a comic strip presents. Quite a lot of those came out of that. Not all of them, but Olivia Coleman, who's now like a big uh, fancy Oscar-winning actress, but she was just a comedy actress who was in like sketches and stuff with Mitchell and Webb. Yeah, before, yeah. before she took acting seriously, she got a you know big start in Peep Show, didn't she? But then got a yeah, very good actress though. Anyway, um, so I can't remember we go on to that, but anyway, so now this is about the disappearance of Michael Rockefeller. Rockefeller. So I'm sure many of you have heard of the Rockefellers, a bunch of rich folk from uh, Rich from guys, rich guys, um, and Jay Z's record label called Rockefeller Records. Yeah, I mean that's Rockefeller. Yeah, yeah. right. What are you going to do later? His I'm ambition going... to uh, to have lots and lots of money, which is fair enough. 
what are you going to what are you going to do later when you're at the old people's home i'm going to rock a fella okay i'm sure he'll enjoy that if you're not too rough hey i'm not going to be too rough although i have had a bad day and that's how the abuse starts neil i'll give that rap um five out of ten for flow and six ten out, out of ten content. for social commentary well, and ten, and ten for social commentary obviously perfect um which is what it's all about, isn't it, at the end of the day, folks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... He, he was sort of more of a beat poet, really, than a rapper. Yeah, you see so very much as the Alan Ginsberg or Ginsberg, I don't know how you pronounce it. There you go, yeah. about gaps in knowledge. That was your howl, <laughs> was it? Yeah. That poem starts quite well, and it sort of drops off after about the... I'll long. be honest with you, I don't read poetry. I don't read it. No, fair enough. I've, I've I, never actually got to the point where I commit stuff to memory. Good. I would still like it. It'd be nice to sort of like your, like your name, yeah. where you live, what yeah, your job, anything. Yeah, not just poetry. Just yeah. what this podcast is about. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's a revelation to me every week. I like, I like to think it keeps. You it. should. T- do you know what the listeners? If we we should record this one day because the surprise and delight in your eyes really is a treat every Sunday What's this for about me. Again? <laughs> Ooh. Well, this is why you've now decided to do the whole sort of like, oh, we'll just decide what the whole season's about up front, isn't it? Yeah, that is why I did that. Yeah, just to take that edge of danger off of it. Have oh, you... Um, I like the you, thrill of the... the have, you found, have you found it easier this way? Yeah, six one off doesn't the other. All right. It's pretty easy. Just put a lot of work into that. Don't worry about looking it. at the wiki page for Urban Legends. No, no, it's, it's a good selection. It's good to... I was just talking about. Now, before you person. continue to break my heart, can we talk about the Rockefeller boy, Fe- please? Well, Rockefeller, yeah. Right. So, born in 1938, went missing in 1961. Now, there's various theories. Now, so officially, in his twenties, twen- twenty-three, I believe he was. Um, oh, just a pup. Yeah, but you know, did quite a bit in his short life, and um, well, say. So, there's different theories actually about. So I think he was officially declared dead in '64, but we'll, we'll come on to that in a bit. Um, but basically, yeah. So he's so he's a very wealthy kind of sign of the the Rockefeller family. He was he was the, the son of the New York. Was customer. he a nepo baby? I suppose. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. He his family were very rich. I mean, I don't know because he. Um, I mean, he, he may not have had such a prominent position in the Museum of Modern Art. <laughs> if his parents didn't own it, then right. Don't no, I mean, I would say that probably counts as nepo baby. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. What do you want? Talking of art, what what do you make of the now increasing occurrences of people throwing soup on artwork in protests? Because the, the Mona Lisa got souped today. Oh, did it? Yeah. It, oh. no, I've got one question for you. Is it art? Well, I mean, what is the art? It's like that guy who did um, sellotaping a banana to a wall and then someone else took it off and ate it. And yeah, said, Mar- but who's the artist here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Mar- about it. Marcel mm-hmm. Duchamp mm-hmm. with his... Uh, his Marcel Duchamp yeah. with his uh, famous urinal and he just Which, wrote, this is art on it. When I, when I, I used sold it, it for two million. Everyone got really Parisian about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not my it's fault. I yeah, I mean, he, he was making a comment about the whole the whole thing there. I think there wasn't he, but um, Neil, I don't need you explaining art to me, mate. I no, am. That's fair enough. You are you are the artist. I am um, art. 
I've gone out of my line there, you see. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not a fan of um, trying to... I just... There's a thing... I mean, it doesn't harm the paintings or anything, does it? But it does get news headlines, so there you go. Yeah, I don't know. I just... I wonder how much of it... Yes, it gets headlines, but I don't... Does it move anything forward? I don't know. Maybe. The, what they did uh, against the Mona Lisa with a tin of pumpkin soup today, and what they were protesting was the availability of cheap, nutritious food in France. Okay. I mean, if you're going to do niche. it, I think I would go for the Mona Lisa because it's going to, yeah, that's going to be one that's hard to damage because it's, incre- I mean, it's incredibly difficult to get anywhere near it anyway. And it's kind of like surrounded by, um, Plastic and everything and all the rest of it, isn't but it? But they've all got bulletproof glasses, so if you're not actually harming the painting, someone's just got to do a bit of cleaning. It's like it's not a big deal. If somebody. Muggins has to clean that up. What, you? Thinking about that. Oh, you... Yeah, so yeah. you you clean the paintings up afterwards, do you? Yeah, yeah. You're the soup restorer. Yes, I am, yeah. Okay, fine. Well, I'll come back um, to that next week. Uh, Give you a bit of time to fill out some blanks in your head. <laughs> still, still a bit of that, I don't even bother, but... Um, that's <laughs> oh, a bit of extra money. Uh, right, we're struggling to actually get started here. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it really says. But anyway, whatever. It's as long as it's not harming the paintings. I, I just think, yeah, I don't know. What if someone was doing it because of um, it? I don't think it changes much. But what if they did it instead of for protest reasons? They did it because it gave them an erotic frisson. Would that be better for oh, you? Oh, yeah, I mean, that's fine, yeah. That's fine, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Not hurting anyone. Yeah. Got to get, you know, at least it's achieving something. Well, exactly. A, a Some, somebody's come out of it happier. Uh, the, world's, the world's gotten ever so slightly brighter, so. Huh. Right. And who knows? Because they've had that erotic frisson, then, you know, they'll... Maybe they'll go and do something good. Yep, they'll smile to the person on the maybe trolley bus. Maybe they paint one of their own classics. And that person will take that smile. Maybe they'll feel a bit better and check on the old lady next door. Everyone and find pays out, it forward. Finds out she's fallen over and broken her hip. And if they hadn't done that, then she would have surely been eaten by her poodle. But unfortunately, she raised the next Adolf Hitler. So, you know, <laughs> you just don't know. You just don't just know. Keep, just keep your, keep your hands clean, everyone. Don't go, don't go in the theory. Yeah. I think that's probably right. Yeah. Keep yourself to yourself. Nice and I mean, neutral. I've had to stop listening to Prince because um, I didn't realise that Paisley Park was actually named for the Reverend Ian Paisley because yeah. Prince, it actually turns out, was uh, a massive unionist. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And um, Raspberry Beret, if you listen to it now, you can't unhear it. It's about the Battle of the Boyne. Yeah. Mm, you know, no, no, no gods, no heroes, no masters now. Exactly. Right. Michael Clark Rockefeller. We'll try. We'll try. Mm. Born in 38. So he's a member of the Rockefeller family, son of the New York governor and the US vice president, Nelson Rockefeller. So rich family, yada, yada, yada. We'll go through. So no, he, he did actually, I mean, so obviously, you know, getting his, his well, we won't go through his kind of like, um, you know, obviously he went to Harvard and all the rest of it. Went to, went to good Was schools. he in Skull and Bones? I did. It doesn't, it doesn't say. Um, oh, I see. Six months in the army, but he wanted to sort of like um, 
go and go and work in a museum. So he he was kind of like I think because their their parents owned I don't know they owned or they they founded the um, the museum of modern art and then there was yeah, the there was a museum of primitive art as well. And his his whole thing was he wanted to sort of go and sort of go and get some uh, some some good sort of pieces for the you know. Some, mm. It's been uh, since absorbed into the main museum, I think. So, uh, you know, he, so let's have a look. So he said he and a friend left the expedition. Yeah, they wanted to go. So following his military service, he went on an expedition for Harvard's Peabody Museum of Archaeology and Ethnology to study the Danny tribe of the Western Netherlands, New Guinea. So I think you've got New Guinea. It's like Papua New Guinea, Papua New Guinea East, yeah. and then uh, West New Guinea, which I think is now Indonesia. It used to be under Dutch control. It's Could be. Their last colonies, I believe. And we'll get into that later on, actually. It, it's part of the story. Um, so the expedition filmed Dead Birds, which was a documentary film produced by Robert Gardner, for which Rockefeller was a sound recorder. So he decided to sign up. He basically wanted to go away and have a, you know, do something Event- a bit adventurous. A to go and, go rich and, boy know. going on adventures. Yeah, but, you know, he's trying, trying to do something different. So, um, so he and a friend briefly left the expedition to study the Asmat tribe of the southern Netherlands, New Guinea. And after the expedition ended, Rockefeller returned to New Guinea to study Asmat and collect their distinctive woodwork art. So there's this whole thing where he wants to, you know, yeah. explore these different t- types of art, types of art from uh, societies that have been less kind of uh, touched by touched the by, modern, yeah, modern society yeah. and all the rest of it. And he's getting out there and actually doing something. It's the desire to do something adventurous. He explains at a time when frontiers, in the real sense of the word, are disappearing. So we'll come on to it a bit, but this is quite a kind of like um, you know an out of the way place. Um, so he spent his time in New Guinea actively engaged with the culture and art while recording ethnographic data. In one of his letters back home, he wrote, I'm having a thoroughly exhausting but exciting time here. The Asmat is like a huge puzzle with variations in ceremony and art style forming the pieces. My trips are enabling me to comprehend, if only in a superficial, rudimentary manner, the nature of this puzzle. So, so far, so from the, um, the, the wiki page there, just a little bit about him. But I'm going to move on now to, there's a couple of articles that, Effectively, what's going to happen here? He's he's going to go going to go missing. So this is oh, okay. disappearance. Um, and there's a few theories about what happened. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna skip between. I think we've got um, there's a box called but I think I'm gonna go with the Smithsonian one. I'll probably I might skip between them. The Smithsonian one's quite long, but it's actually written by a guy who wrote a book in 2014. Where because the the well, we'll just we'll, we'll quickly go. It get me a bit more onto the sort of island. People stuff write a book about to. anything, won't they? Yeah. So there's this. How do you spin that out into sixty thousand words? Well, there's three. There's three theories. Posh bloke goes goes to New Guinea, missing, and then missing probably dead. Right. That's all you need, isn't it? Well, wow, the, the, there are there are three. There's kind of three theories. Did he? There's the official one, which is you know he drowned. There's there's mm-hmm. the um, there's there's the one that they come up with here, which is was he eaten by cannibals? Mm-hmm. And then there's, uh, did he in fact join the tribe himself? Or the mm. clan, I should say. We say clan. So let's, uh, this, is from, this is from the Smithsonian Magazine then. Uh, this is a chap called uh, Carl Hoffman, who I believe wrote a 2014 book looking into this whole thing. So Asmat in its way is a perfect place. Everything you could possibly need is here. It's teeming with shrimp, crabs, fish and clams. In what, the if you're, um, what if you're not allowed what to eat shellfish? Well, yeah, you know, it's not not necessarily. What if you've got a terrible allergy to shellfish, like so many of our brothers and sisters? Well, then you can eat some of the wild pig, the furry opossum-like couscous. This sounds like a nightmare for. Ju- this sounds like a nightmare for Jewish people, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, they're not going down well with that. What is <laughs> sago palm? I don't know if that's 
Yeah, who's who's picked yes. to be pounded into white starch? So uh, um, it's not it's not a very sort of nutrition. It's not a very kosher place. No. Yeah, I mean it's quite um, it's quite a seafood and meat heavy diet by the sound of it. No, I imagine there's plenty of like veggies. Anyway, the point is, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of yeah. you know abundance of natural kind of food and things like that. Lovely. The rivers are navigable highways. Crocodiles, fifteen feet long, prowl their banks. That doesn't sound yes. ideal. I mean, you just live like one with nature, aren't you? Don't I know, but they said it's an ideal place. The crocodiles don't fit in with the positives for me. That'd be a negative. Okay, fair enough. What do you think? It'd be good to live with fifteen foot crocodiles. I mean, it's not ideal for me, but I think it's just nature being nature, isn't it? Oh, we've got to sanitise it before you can come on board and turn it to Disneyland. I, no, I didn't say that. What I said is I don't think it's ideal having large man-eating <laughs> reptiles that can get at you. Okay, it's not your... But, you know, yeah. maybe that maybe that's my city legs maybe, talking. Maybe God made a mistake, apparently, Chris. What, when he gave birth to me? Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that, so, I've heard that enough, actually. It's a mistake. I've heard that. His, yeah, his biggest and final this. mistake. Right. <clears throat> and the secret spirits, laws and customs born of men and women who've been walled off by ocean mountains and mud and jungle for longer than anyone knows. So until 50 years ago, there were no wheels here, no steel or iron, not even paper. There's still not a single road or automobile. I mean, there is a bit of this where it's kind of like that whole, all paradise is like, you know... No cars. Going yeah. back to nature and absolutely nothing... I think you do sort of forget, you know, child mortality rates and all the rest of it. Probably. Yeah, malaria, no medicines, medicines yeah. incest. But, but hey-ho. But, you know, it's... I, That's I in the plus column. Yeah, well, it's that grass is always green on the other side, isn't it? But, I mean, I always think it's interesting when you see these things. And I think there is something, there's a lot to be learned in terms of living with nature that we can yeah, learn quite a few lessons from from, from people who are big, big self-sufficient. I think we've lo- I think that we... I don't we need to consume to far more than we than we really truly do. I think. But well, this isn't this isn't funny or anything, but I do think that there's because in, in, our, our city boys. Um, like I always, I always feel like a connection to nature when I go out walking in the woods and the stuff. And um, I think there is something that we've lost a little bit from being closer and more in harmony with with nature. It's just there, there's like a there is. There is an in, ineffable connection there that is you know you can't it can't really be described but there is kind of like oh yeah I don't know that's the best one I'm going to put it now no fair enough and you know we're not getting on our high horse here we recognise we're also we're the same um, yeah so it's only, there's no roads automobiles there's only there is an airstrip. Um, yeah. Well, the thing is, I think it's kind of like I think it's like a preserved area. It's like we get some of these things where, because obviously they could have just, you know, bulldozed it all over. Because I think it's quite big. Um, Logging was a yeah, massive issue. Um, but yeah, it's um, fatigue. It's, I think it's all protected. And space. lots gets cut down for um, for palm, doesn't it? Palm yeah, oil, and but it's kind stuff. of like you know, been kept as it is since time immemorial, sort of thing. Um, so I'm going to kind of. This is quite a long article, so I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But um, he sort of then talks about how they they were sailing down the river. He's got his satellite phone, and he's thinking about how you know if Michael Rockefeller had had a radio when his catamaran overturned in the exact same spot in 1961, he would never have disappeared. Um, he was 23 years old, the privileged son of uh, Nelson Rockefeller, as we've already said. And he was seven months into the adventure of a lifetime that transformed him from a clean-cut student to bearded photographer and art collector. 
And then at one moment, his boat was... <laughs> oh, <laughs> from privileged son to art collector. Oh, yeah, what a massive it. fucking journey he's taken. Yeah. But to be fair, he is, he's spent sort of seven months... He doesn't have living. street smarts, Neil. Doesn't have street smarts. I, I think we'd all find ourselves out of relevant... And they'll talk a little bit about the kind I of... think that if you've been cosseted, as I imagine he has been, then you're more likely to get killed in a jungle than someone who's from a council block. There was a... No, I, don't, I think it's a different... Well, well, we'll see as we come into this. I, it goes a little bit deeper, and I think this this story on the Smithsonian, I think, intrinsically, I think it's probably close to the truth, but we'll talk about the other sort of... The, the, the official theory and, and the other theories that, um, around him. So, um, basically, they, uh, they, they were going down. They bought a catamaran so they could navigate up and down the rivers and go and mm. sort of visit the different clans. Um, and their boat got capsized... So right. he was down, he, he had a Dutch companion. Um, he swam for, for sure. So he... he well, the Dutch guy? No, 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 the Dutch guy stuck stuck with the catamaran. Oh, right. So as we know from Ray Mears, stick with the vehicle. Mm-hmm. He got rescued. Um, but the other one, they were, they were stuck out there for a while. So they, I think they had a... But somewhere else as well, they had a couple of um, people with them as well, um, locals. They just swam for sure because they're, you know, they're, they're quite good used to this. Yeah, good swimmers. Um, and he thought, well, it's only a few miles. I'll oh, give it a go. This, see, this, is what, this is what happens if you're not told no when you're a kid. Well, we'll see. He was, he was, oh, I reckon I can do it. Mummy said I could do anything. Okay, well, you've, you've gone on your... So you're going with the official version, basically, which is that... No, yeah, I mean, he tried, to, been eaten, he tried to swim. Story. Yeah. He tried to swim, yeah. Well, no, he was, he was worried that basically they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't get spotted. And then, I mean, you know, or, or they could get... I think the, the worry was as well that they could get dragged out to sea. Um, so he'd try and go. So he strapped some flotation devices onto himself and, and swam for sure. No. And the official record is never seen again after that. Mm-hmm. So the official cause of Michael's death was drowning, and I believe it was nineteen. I reckon the Dutch guy killed him then took his money. Drowning it was like life of pie situation. Yeah. And then he rewrote the story. I was the yeah. tiger and a lion and a cameraman that had been <laughs> capsized. <laughs> Yeah, actually, that guy actually wrote Life of Pi as well. It's going to be very suspicious. <laughs> the Dutch guy slit his throat and took his yeah. pocket watch. Well, so it's a nice story about a, a lion and a <laughs> chimpanzee on a boat or whatever, or orangutan or whatever it was. But um, yeah, the lion obviously is a cannibalism. We know the, <laughs> the lion lion's a metaphor murder. for death. Yeah, and the monkey's a metaphor for me stealing. Yeah, murdering my my enemies. Um, remember exactly how that story went, but it was, it's good. Um, right. Yeah, so there'd been a multitude of rumours that he'd been kidnapped and kept prisoner. He'd mm. gone native and was hiding out in the jungle. He'd been consumed by sharks. Or he'd made it to shore only to be killed and, and eaten by the localised like, headhunters. The story had grown, become mythical. But there you go, that's where we come in. Oh, um, oh yeah. Watch out, everyone. So That's our buzz for us. Here comes the Urbay uh, legend, lads, to... Investigate the mythical. Up. But uh, there had been an off-Broadway play about him, a novel, <laughs> a rock song, and even a television show in the 1980s hosted by Leonard, Leonard Nimoy. And sadly, it doesn't tell me... I, I, I would go off and listen to that. I mean, I, I doubt the off-Broadway play is available anymore, but uh, couldn't, I couldn't find what the, the rock TV song show, was. sorry, Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna to have to have a look through Leonard Nimoy's own. Didn't he just do like? So yeah. I think that this is. He I does a lot of like narration, mystery, Nimoy, like, like, yeah, that kind America's of, greatest mysteries. Hello, so, I'm Leonard Nimoy yeah. giving some gravitas to this nonsense. Have you ever been in the jungle? 
Nein. War hat ein Stern. Neil. Right, so. Carry on. Like people yeah. are gonna think it's the people are gonna think the podcast stopped. Yeah, radio silence, that's what we like, isn't it? Just, just, just <laughs> an inject a pause into <laughs> a really pregnant pause. I'm doing sort of the opposite of stream of consciousness. I'm experimenting with a you know stream of silence approach. Stream of no consciousness. Yeah, stream of stream of unconsciousness. Okay. Um, well you know. I'm not sure it translates, but you know. hey, well, Hey, look, we've got to try and push the boundaries. Song? Oh, yeah, you don't push the boundaries. You don't know, don't know where they are, apparently. Um, yeah, and he, he's fascinating. This is sort of a face of Mike on the first trip in what was then called Netherlands, New Guinea. He's kneeling, holding his 35mm camera under the close eyes of natives. I mean, it sounds like... Knives <laughs> and forks and that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of them with a chef's hat on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the, the film was a groundbreaking ethnographic examination of a barely contacted Stone Age culture that engaged in constant ritual warfare. I mean, what's it's quite fascinating about these clans, actually. So they do headhunting and so yeah, I don't no, know no, if they do anymore, but it is a thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it doesn't, I haven't seen about whether they still do, but if they were still doing it in the 60s, I wouldn't, because I think they have been left alone. So I, I would imagine they probably still do. Um, and I think, actually, I seem to recall, um, Actually, that was probably around the 60s as well. There was that guy who did... This is where a lot of um, research into prion diseases and stuff like that came about um, with people who, um, you know, would eat... You know, yeah. Um, yeah, brains. Cause, cause the brains you saw, yeah. Did you know that Guinea is also... The people, but I'm, I think... Guinea is also the most common name within country names in the world. Is you that know, so? You've got Papua New Guinea, Equatorial Guinea, Guinea-Bissau, and just Guinea. And it's called that because the area of Africa where Guinea is, uh, like, just used to be called Guinea, right? That was yeah. the name of it. And so then when they went to New Guinea, they were like, oh, it's a bit like that. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Little tip for you there. Yeah. Might, might be on a pub quiz for or something for somebody. Mm. Um, who wants to be a millionaire question? Who knows? Which name is used in the most... Co- what word is used is in York? the most countries? Guinea. Is it United? Is it Guinea? The, is it... The, the? Surely. Uh, there's, there's only yeah, one probably. with the... Which yeah. is the Gambia. There's no other there's. Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, anyway, so, they, so, so the, the, the thing he'd... Um, the film he worked apparently... Mm. Just sorry, I'm just thinking. United might have more than Guinea. United Kingdom, United States. I suspect that they're ruled out in technicality, but yeah. United Arab Emirates. That's it, though, isn't it? But we can work this one out later, Chris. All right. Let's not do it in real time. I found something that interested me in this lengthy tale. Story. Come on, right? Speed it up. Okay, so <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, so anyway, so we'll skip over then what, what this guy thinks about watching the documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, now you've switched off again. Yeah, I'm just having a quick wander through. So, so he spent hours looking at the photo, wondering what Michael had seen and felt, wondering what had really happened to him and if he could solve the mystery. So this guy seems to have had a bit of a... Um, Crush. A bit of a want to sort of figure Man out what's crush. been going on. So that he had been kidnapped or run away didn't make sense. 
if you'd been drowned, well, that was that, except mm-hmm. you'd been attached to flotation aids. And as for sharks, they rarely attack men in these waters and they trace them down. I mean, that is the weird thing with the whole drowning, which is the official story. What, you know, wouldn't the body wash up? So they were, as you can imagine, you know, given the, his, his family's wealth, they came over afterwards and there was kind of like, you know, weeks could of it not have been one of searches. These, could it not have been one of these? So was it, was it at sea then? He was at sea? No, no, they were on a river. Right, so could but, it not have been one of these 15-foot crocodiles? Because they do the death roll thing and they go and stick someone at the bottom, don't they? And then eat You'd them. still think parts of the body would wash up or something. But, I mean, it could, go, it could fuck off with the currents. I mean, yeah, do you know what I mean? You, know, you never know. I mean, this is, as you've said, this is like very um, unspoiled kind of area. Yeah. Like by the time you got, by the time Rockefeller's got helicopters out and stuff to look, like the bits of the body could be fucking miles away or could have just been picked over by the sea beasts. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Um, so there had to have been some collision, some colossal misunderstanding. The Asmat people were warriors drenched in blood, but Dutch colonial authorities and missionaries had already been in the area for almost a decade by the time Michael disappeared, and the Asmat had never killed a white person. If he had mm. been murdered, it struck to the heart of a clash between Westerners and others been ongoing since Columbus first sailed to the New World. And that, that's kind of a lot of what he, he's put on his story. So he starts poking around in the Dutch colonial archives... And he found more than he'd ever imagined. So, so basically, yeah, you got you got three theories. So the 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 party line that the Dutch came out with, the Dutch authorities who were forces at the time, mm-hmm. um, so it's now now uh, part of Indonesia, is that um yeah, he he well he drowned and that's it. And that, yeah. was, that was gonna cause death, and the Rockefellers have never really wanted to reopen the case. Um th- this guy's setting out, he thinks that there's you know something else, so I think they had reason to sort of cover it up. So what? So he, yeah, this is going on again about how his um, how his family were really rich, yada yada yada. Um, talks about how his his he was uh, working, you know, part of the museum and all the rest of it. Um, and he want, you know, he had a whole thing about wanting to go out and yeah, you know, had a, be you know, be artistic and then go and search out um, something um, something and be. Um, so I'm going to go through. I'm going to skip through all of that. Actually, just. Okay, so in terms of the um, the, the Asmat people themselves, you know, the Asmat world at the time was a mirror image of every taboo of the West. In some areas, men had sex with each other. They occasionally shared wives. So they're quite chill about kind of like, yeah, you know, sounds all right. polygamy and, you know, whatever. Um, you know, they're not, they're, not, they're not worried about sort of um, same sex and all the rest of it. Um, in bonding rituals, sometimes drank one another's urine. That's mm-hmm. nice. That's all right. They killed their neighbours and they hunted human heads and ate human flesh. I mean, that's... Mm. I mean, that, that one I'm not big on. A taboo we're probably not getting over. I wouldn't no, say that's, that's a bit of a taboo. You know, it's probably a good, for, good, for lots of good reasons. But they weren't savages. Biologically modern men with all the brain power and manual dexterity necessary to fly a 747 with a language so complex had 17 tenses. Um, it's really just their kind of, you know, how they see the world. So they're pure subsistence hunter-gatherers who lived in a world of spirits... Yeah. Every village you could see them and talk to them, and that was their world. So their whole kind of belief system is they have um, <laughs> there's their world, and then mm-hmm. spirits come from across the sea. Uh, it's known as Safan, and that's okay. where they think white people were coming from. They must be from some kind of like that, yeah. that similar land across the sea, and then be some you know involved in that kind of underworld or something in some way as well. So, um, but but life and death was all equally real, and a lot a lot of it seems to be that, um, that I mean they're just constantly having 
warring, you know, warring between yeah. these different tribal um, clans. Yeah, and yeah. it's all part of the kind of um, the, the makeup. Part of the culture. Yeah, it's kind of like you're having to get revenge for um, what happened in order to um, let the spirits, um, you know, be appeased, kind of thing. So yeah, they live like in um, like in Albania. Yeah, or Irish feuds. Yeah, where it's yeah. like, well, if you kill, like the blood, the whole blood feud thing that can go on for fucking like yeah, hundreds of years. Yeah. yeah. It was always at Hatfields and McCoys, the famous one in America. Yeah. That, I think that came all the way over from from, from Irish family. But, uh, yeah, so they they lived in a dualistic world of extremes, life and death, where one balanced the other. Only through elaborate sacred feasts and ceremonies and reciprocal violence could sickness and death be kept in check by appeasing and chasing these ancestors back to Safan, back to land and sea. So when you die, basically, you go beyond the sea and you've got to keep... Um, you know, they, I think there was a whole thing around... We don't want them coming back because, presumably... You've taken their stuff, so you got yeah, and you know, yeah, you, you, and where where you know you need to avenge where things. So they they would um, they're expert woodcarvers. There was, apparently, there's a nice stone in the land as well. So there's, they don't even have yeah. stone tools, but they crafted ornate shields, paddles, drums, canoes, and these ancestor poles called bizji, which embodied the spirit of the ancestors. There were twenty foot high masterpieces of stacked men, like, like totems, in a way, yeah, interwoven with crocodiles and praying mantises and other symbols of headhunting. They were haunting, expressive, alive, and each carried an ancestor's name. Their memorial signs to the dead and to the living that their deaths had not been forgotten and the responsibility to avenge them was still alive. So, so this like is, a gravestone. Yes, yeah, so it's the whole kind of like belief system, basically. Yeah. Do you um, know what? Like that's um you're quite fucked as a society if you um if you get into that cycle of Revenge, and we have to do it, otherwise the spirits blah blah blah. Because then it just never stops. Well, yeah, it's the whole. Um, if you go, get it's a vicious, it's a, it, that's a vicious cycle, go, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's yeah, because you, you'll never. You kind of wouldn't. You you kind of wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to get let that get under the skin of your society, like a <laughs> revenge being a center, a yeah. centerpiece of your spiritual spirituality. Yeah, so say so what you like about modern religion. It's probably yeah. Uh, Mm. But, I mean, um, people still talk about the Crusades now. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, so the completion of those um, busy poles usually unleashed a new round of rage. Revenge was taken and balance restored, and then of course that leads to more. You know, yeah, a bit of a cycle. Um, but hey, it's how how they were how they're doing the thing. So what what becomes then? It, and, and anything outside of their immediate world, um, they, it had to come from the spirit world. So an air, airplane. Right. Is not done jete, um, I'm pronouncing that almost certainly wrongly, a passing over canoe of the spirits. Right. White men came from the land beyond the sea, the same place the spirits lived, and so must be some kind of super being. Nice. Um, so Finally, so, some recognition. Yes, let's go out there and pretend we're Superman. Yeah, um, get eaten very quick. Yeah. Yeah, he's all that straight smart, so died in five seconds. Um, so he, he didn't um, plunge into it the alone adventure. He's a Rockefeller, so obviously had people with him. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, he had uh, like a bunch of Dutch people, and uh, I kind of like. I, I guess it. I think the crux of this really probably is um, how he treated other people, because often people of wealth and wealthy backgrounds, children of wealthy people, don't necessarily treat everyone else as equals. Well, actually, you say that, but there's there's a twist to this, Chris. And I think he was he was fitted up. Maybe it was more to do with the, the Dutch authorities. Mm-hmm. So, well, 
I mean, by all accounts, actually, he was very... I mean, it does come across, actually, he had genuine interest in everything. He was respectful. He paid his dues and all the rest of it. I'm, you know, from what I take, I'm, I'm going to skip over a bunch of the other things. But, yeah, so then then the what happened? And the, so they, they went down. They bought a catamaran. They were, they were going down the river. And then a wave... Um, cat, um, Knocked it over. Capsized it. Yeah, that's so the two teenagers that were with them that were locals, they jumped in and swam for the shore. Um, and then they summoned, summoned help. Um, they scrambled ships, airplanes, and helicopters to search for them. They'd spent a night clinging to an overturned hull, but then he, he was worried that they'd drift into the open sea. So he tied jerry cans to his belt for buoyancy and, and went for, the, for a three-mile swim to the shoreline. And that's the last well, How helpers. big's the river? Well, Three miles? Big. Yeah. Which is, you know, huge island. Um, anyway, then, then then they just, then they sort of came out and decided it was um, he drowned. Forget it. The Rockefellers clung to the idea he might have banked to shore, but the, uh, the Dutch officials supported that hope. If Richard saw there's a good chance of survival, the natives, although uncivilized, are very kind and will always help you. Um, anyway, nine days after he saw away, they flew home, and after two more weeks, the Dutch called off the search. So he, this this guy now he's, he's coming in and sort of go out and talking to people. Um, now what turns out? I'm just going to go into the so. Sorry, this, this is a very long story. So yeah, just was it? In the, to, is this on yeah. the Smithsonian? Yeah, yeah, they're always really long. So effectively, um, yeah. Yeah, so a few months after Nelson Rockefeller had opened the Museum of Primitive Arts, it was called back in those days. So there was there's these two warring villages, um, Ojanep and Olmadisep. Okay. Who, who then engaged in a mutual massacre. They were powerful villages, each more than a thousand strong, on parallel rivers, only a few hours, hours paddle apart. So that's what they like to do is just go, go and have a Barney every a ruck, yeah. in a while. Yeah. They're sort of like. Um... 1980s football fans. Yes. Yeah, very much so. Or all, all, all current, um, some of the ultras in the Italian yeah. football community, I would imagine. Um, yeah, in fact, they've been tricking and killing each other for years, but they're also connected, as they usually are, by marriage and death. Um, now, it turns out the Dutch didn't really like all of this. They thought it was a bit rude when they were over there trying to control the whole thing. So a murder here, a murder there, that could be overlooked. Hey, come on, guys. Hey. Dutch. It doesn't matter. Hey, little mother here, little mother there. I'm not too bothered, but a fucking massacre, guys. Come on. Because, yeah, apparently they're a a big old Barney and um, the the, the two clans of 124 men who set out, only 11 made it home alive after they had their big ruck. Um, So this Max Lepra, who's the Dutch government controller in southern Asma, he decided that was too much. What happened to this I'm going to crack down on it. Um, he's turned it to Sean Connery, apparently. Oh, fucking uh, excellent. Much money, Penny. He's not be only one. Sean Connery's disappeared now. And so a man whose family had been colonists in Indonesia for hundreds of years, who had been imprisoned by the Japanese and then Indonesians, he was an old-school colonial administrator determined to teach the asthma a lesson. Nice. And doesn't he just... Clogs and all. Yeah. So so, they, so basically they went tooled up um, yeah. to, to see these clans. They confiscated a load of weapons and burned some canoes and at least one clan. Um, but the, the villages aren't suppliable, so they, they went out to sort of like 
in the village, they were quite strong, so they, they didn't want to have anything to do with the government. And they were willing to use violence to make themselves clear, he wrote in his report. The Dutch flag was not accepted. Mm. Um, basically, the long and the short of it is, is that they sort of turn up, um, but, you know, the Dutch um, people are all armed with... Um, you know, AK-47. So, yeah, basically, <laughs> a, a group of big boys come out and sort of like the leaders of the village to, um, to group. He thought it was in capitulation. Like death, do you? Yeah. <laughs> he thought that they were going to kind of like just come out and apologise and then sort of go, oh, no, we, we love... And they came out for a run. windmills. But no, they, they came out to teach them lesson. They were armed with bows and arrows and spears and shears. So they, they sort of panicked. Go on, um, boys, we're so riding back. He looked left, he looked right, equally unsure what to do. Behind the houses, a third group of men had broken into what he described as warrior dances. So he, he said to the interpreters, come out and put their weapons. Basically, the whole thing kicks off, and then everyone starts shooting, um, and they kill four of the, um, the, the sort of locals. Nothing. Um, and you can imagine if, like, you're used to hunting with bows and arrows, and then suddenly somebody's head explodes, like, you know, like, holy shit, this is... Yeah. So you so present them with two problems, basically. I mean, they, well, first, first of all, you think that they're supermen anyway, right? Yeah. Right, so... They're just you from know, a distance. They're just question, like... Questionable to go and try and fight supermen. Second, this is the 60s, is it? So, yes, 60s. So they have modern... Oh, no, so this probably, late 50s, sorry. This late 50s. So it's not like they've got muskets. It's like five years like they've before. Got, yeah. They've got... Uh, this is after the Second World War. They've got proper guns. Oh, yeah, no, no, these have got, yeah, like, like rifles and kind of like... Um, bazookas. Yeah, bazookas. Um, that thing that Jesse Ventura had in Predator. Yeah, got one of yeah, those. He was, he was there just... Gatling guns. If they bleed, we can kill them, he said, like mowing down the entire village. Yeah, gat, like no. what, carrying a Gatling gun. Consider yeah. yourself pacified. Consider <laughs> <laughs> yourself Dutchified, motherfuckers. Now, that's what I call Dutch justice. Now, um... <laughs> And, you know, let's face it, all, all colonialism is wrong, so it's yeah. not like it's, we're not having a go at the Dutch here necessarily. It's just, nah, you know... There's plenty of blame to go around. Yeah, there's plenty of blame to go around for everyone who got involved in that game. Um, so, yeah, but anyway, you, you can, so you can imagine that this is, this goes down into kind of like folklore in the village. Yeah. It's a twofold thing. And the problem is as well, the ones that they killed, it was four out of five of the sort of chiefs. Oh, nice. It's like the real big guys. snake. Yeah. Well, no, it, it kind of didn't, because... So, uh, the course of affairs is certainly regrettable. Unfortunately, they left a power vacuum. Yeah. But on the other hand, it has become clear to them that headhunting and cannibalism is not much appreciated by a government institution, all but unknown to them. It is highly likely that the people now understand they would do better not to resist authorities. I doubt that that happened. Turns out that it probably didn't go so well like that. So, they they effectively... Um, so, so what he... I was, they I was started sort of con- arming. <laughs> they developed nuclear power. They developed... They, yeah, they really quickly developed a, a little warrior to die. <laughs> through, through trading and, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, so basically this is just kind of like... So, in fact, it's highly unlikely they reached any such understanding. For the Azmat, his raid was a shocking, inexplicable thing. The cosmos gone awry. They built their entire lives around appeasing and deceiving and driving away spirits. And now this white man, who might even be a spirit himself, had come to kill them for doing what they'd always done. The Dutch government was a meaningless concept to them. And what are the spirits of the what five men we that he killed? Well, exactly. It's kind of like, it's, it's, I mean, you're just having a man of complete existential kind of doubt here, I guess. And, um, you know, and their spirits, then it's kind of like... Ontological, well, you... ontological shock, yeah. I believe. I mean, how do you avenge? Because, you know, you can't go to, you can go to war with these people, but... So, so they've got you know five five people who've been killed, five spirits that are going out unavenged. So that happened five years before you know he mm. turns up to do his bit. Right. 
Um, I mean, this is kind of all the theory that's sort of building up. So what they he's he's um he's skipping here kind of like in between sort of um past and present basically so yeah so that happens in the 50s five years before max rockefeller turned michael excuse me michael rockefeller turns well, up. so the thing is they're gonna maybe think do you know what i reckon we could kill yeah. this spirit guy and yeah. that'd, be, that'd be some kind of vengeance yeah this, yeah this is the kind of theory um you know well hey what better time than than now so, so this guy had gone out to sort of look into what happened. They apparently they got on quite a bit to, uh, addicted to tobacco, and so that's that's a good way you, you can bring stuff to trade. But tobacco is highly sort booze, of so, tobacco. Yeah, so they bought out a load of fat, you know, all of them roll ups, blankets. all of them rollies. Um, um, but w- when he tries to ask about Lepra's Road, they all go grow quiet, even though it's fifty years beforehand. Um, mm. Nobody really wants to talk about it, and it's it was a really weird long, vibe. No, well, no, especially because I mean, again, that this is kind of like probably something that's, the biggest thing that's ever happened to yeah, them. Yes, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a huge thing in the village, and it's probably you know their their parents yeah. or whatever were uncles. Um, and they say don't remember anything, don't know anything about this. So he's they don't really want to sort of talk about it. And then suddenly his guide tells them that they're very afraid of what. And he said there was a tourist who died here, an American tourist named, and the name he said was garbled. I couldn't understand it. This was news to me. In all I'd read, I'd never heard of an American tourist dying in Asmat. He said, what was his name? Um, his English was slow and his words hard to comprehend no matter what he said. But he said the game, uh, sorry, he said the name again more slowly. It's a hard name for an asthmat to pronounce. Mm. Um, but this time it was unmistakable. Michael Rockefeller. Now, he'd never mentioned that he was going out there investigating Michael's disappearance. He just kind of said he's a journalist wanting yeah. to talk about the history. And he said, oh, Michael Rockefeller, feigning ignorance. Yes, Michael Rockefeller, and Marty said, he was an American. He was here in the village. They're very, very afraid. They don't want to talk about this. How did his name come up? He said, but today when they're talking, they're afraid you've already had to ask about them and they're afraid because the village killed him and everyone knows it. So, anyway, long story short, I'll, I'll, I'll summarise up the sort of Smithsonian one because we're going to go too long on this, but effectively it looks like there probably was a bit of a, a, bit of a cover-up. So there's a priest that had done some investigation, a Dutch Catholic oh, priest. Oh, nice, named, was it? Well, it was more of an official. Well, it's more of kind of an official thing. So you have got the Catholic Church, then you have got the Dutch authorities. What's that American so, thing called? Father, the Father Brown mysteries or something? Or yeah, the... it was originally written by G.K. Chesterton. Yeah, I can't remember. What those... Yeah, Father Brown mysteries. I know yeah. this Cadfile, who's the uh, investigative monk. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that reminds Cat me of when I was doing. There's been doing... a murder in the vestry. What was I doing A-levels? Um, we did Hamlet. And then one of mm. our cl- my classmates was like, well, why don't they do some forensic stuff on the, on the, the poison? It's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, we're doing Cadfar. I'm like, I don't think that Derek Jacobi's directly accurate, mate. I mean, A, this is Shakespeare class. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Cadfar would, sold- would have solved it by yeah, now. Cadfar would have had his wraps up. He could have proved it was poisonous. I think, I think you're really getting the point. And also, I don't, yeah. I mean, there might have been people very gifted with herbs and all the rest of it in those days, but I think it was quite the same as forensic medicine. Anyway. Well, I think especially because Cadfall had that, like, hologram desk, like in uh, uh, NCI or whatever it is. Yeah, that, like, hologram desk that kind of pulled up the skeleton. I've never seen it. It sounds really like a rip-off of Name of the Rose. I don't know if you... Is the Umberto Echo novel. I think, And they did a... Short, no, he had that and he... And he drove a Dodge Charger cab file as well. That's it, yeah. 
down, <laughs> up and down some scenic villages in the north east. <laughs> you turn up, jump yeah. out, go put shades on. Did they have Here's... a parlour scene at the end in the rectory every week? Yeah, yeah, where like Eddie do it. done it. Yeah, but then he'd always finish with. Not the always... again. He'd always, he'd always finish by pulling off his glasses, turning to the camera to break the fourth one and go, get fire, like that. And then you'd get all the names who played. would be like, guess, guess starring. Or something. Yeah, there's a bit of that. Yeah. Had. Guess, <laughs> guess starring William Shatner. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway. Priest... Um, he, he did some investigations, bit by bit spilled out. The day that Michael had set out for the catamaran, 50 men from the village had bought palm building supplies. So there was a load of people in the area around there. Mm. And they'd seen a, a, a crocodile. In his, oh, no, it isn't a crocodile. It's a twan, a white man. He was swimming it's, on his back. I thought you said it's a twat. It's not a crocodile, it's a twat, a white man. <laughs> from everything you read, the, the fellow Michael Rockman, it seems like a decent enough chap. There's, there's nothing they might have just thought white people were twats. Yeah, that would be fair enough. Um, he, was, he turned away. One of the aspects people said... People of uh, the village, you're always talking about headhunting them. Well, now, can I just, sorry, just to jump in. Yeah. You're being... I don't how to put this. You're being very brown-nosy to the Rockefellers during this podcast. Maybe and, I'm get, and I'm going to tell you right now, they're not going to send you a cheque. Well, probably not. No, no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, fair, fair to. I like but, your. I like your gumption, Neil, and the fact you've always got your money on a on a quick turnaround. No, but, uh, no I just think you've written off that he was yeah, just here we go. annoying and therefore got himself killed. Here we go. And actually, yeah. it was. I don't well, think it was necessarily Please, can I, some, can I marry into the Rockefellers? Well, okay. If you could, at the end of the story, if you can find out what he's done wrong. But anyway, so they. That's, they not, try, my, that's not my job, Neil. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's not my job. Anyway, they they argue between them about what they should do. Some of them. Some of them wanted to sort of, like, um, kill him. Some of them didn't. Yeah. Um, and then one of them speared him in the ribs. It wasn't fatal, but then they killed him and made a big fire. So, apparently, it turns out the five from, him up. from the clans where they'd had people killed previously, mm. they were the ones in favour, whereas the, the clan that, that hadn't had a, a fatality, they were very much not in favour. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. The, the, were the other... people from both clans there? Yeah, there was a whole load of them knocking about. I don't know what the whole... Yeah. So it's very weird. How, yeah, why aren't they all fighting? But, yeah, so they literally just go right. Well, this Thursday, send your yeah, best hundred we'll blokes, and we'll send our best. Yeah, we'll have a. We'll meet. Well, maybe the, they're not. We'll meet in the car park. They're not at that point because they're, we'll they're, the, they're we'll meet the car park behind the pub. Yeah, and then, once you've um, been avenged, we'll appease the the spirits. Yeah. All right. We'll see you then. Hope it's, you die. Hope you die. <laughs> it's just like you know, Fight Club taken to another extreme, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It's a. It's a very warrior-based culture. Well, it is, yeah. It's very much, you know. Um, yeah, and it's the fact that they, he explains then that they're shorts that they've never seen before and that you couldn't buy an asthmat um, basically he describes underpants because basically mm. he'd taken off his trousers and then sort of gone, when he got out, gone out to swim. Um, and that's something that they wouldn't have been aware of. Um, so, you know, and then he talks about where they'd... Um, anyway, this priest basically had gone out and talked to a lot of people and he'd taken mates and it looked like he, he'd been... Been killed by villagers, um, but the uh, the long and the short of it is, is for the for the Dutch, they had a good reason to cover it up. If you sort of buy into all of this story, yeah, um, the, because they would the Americans would have gone right. You need to get these people under control, and blah, blah, blah. yeah, and also they didn't want it to look like that they weren't they weren't in charge and all the rest of it. The sort of whole thing is is that mm. everyone's happy go lucky and happy under Dutch rule and all the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, 
So, so the long and the short, and so this chap himself as well. I'll just get to the bit where he kind of like. Um, so really, it was it was the whole thing was trying to sort of appease spirits and all the rest of it. Um, I, I mean, you can read the article in the Smithsonian. You want to get the full story, um, but it's it's it's, it's worth a read actually. And I'll, and I'll just skip to the end. So they they've been he, he's still sort of going to the village. They're still very reluctant to sort of um, talk to him talk about this. But he he got some of the evidence from seeing what had been written in the, in the sort of Dutch colonial articles. One day, shortly before I left Pyrrhon, a man named Marker was acting out a story, walking and stalking and mimicking the stabbing of someone with a spear, the shooting of arrows, and the cutting of her head. He heard the words Dombai and Ogisnet, and he turned his video camera on, but the theatrics seemed to be over and just talked and talked after eight minutes. He hit the stop button. Although I didn't know it yet, it was perhaps the most important moment in Asmat. Back in Agat, so I showed the video to Amates, who was his translator, mm. and he translated it, and what I filmed after Marco told the story was a stern warning to the men gathered around him. Don't you tell this story to any other man or any other village because this story is only for us. Don't speak, don't tell the story. I hope you remember it and you must keep it, but only for us. I hope this is for you and you only. Don't talk to anyone forever, to other people or another village. If people question you, don't answer, don't talk to them, because the story's only for you. Get your mouth shut. Yeah. Or murder. That's it. Yeah, so... Just, you know, so, just ask, for, <laughs> ask for a lawyer. So, Carl Hoffman theory, yeah, um, and it does feel reasonably substantiated. Um, yeah, it does, doesn't it? You know, uh, and... You know, because of kind of like you know, like colonial sort of killings, um, yeah, like, like, kind of a, like a, re- um, a revenge, pride restored, back. yeah. Or could it be? I'm going to go to the mirror, but it's also in the, in the Mail and the Daily Star. Pick your poison. Missing millionaire spotted living amongst cannibal tribe in long lost footage. <laughs> Michael Rockefeller was a member of the Rockefeller clan, one of America's most powerful and wealthy families who went missing after being last spotted attempting a three mile swim to the shores of Papua New Guinea. Um, it was Western, mm. uh, probably not Papua New Guinea. But anyway, why? Why fact check? When I'm when I'm pointing out errors in your journalism, yeah, yeah, you that's, that's poor. Um, a sixty-year mystery of a millionaire who vanished in the jungle may have been solved after footage emerged of a naked white man hunting with cannibal tribesmen. One of the powerful and stinking rich Rockefeller clan disappeared while carrying a boat. They went on tripping on a um, on a trip to Papua New Guinea in '61. According to reports, the boat that was transporting them to Pacific Island ran into trouble on the choppy seas. Um, yada yada yada. So we've gone through all of that. Um, but basically, what they show is there, there was a video that was um, filmed in the in the late '60s, eight years after he was supposed to have died, mm-hmm. um, by a, a reporter named um, what was it? A podcast himself, long after he's presumed dead. A reporter named Milt Macklin heard from this mysterious Australian person. Milt Macklin, reporter. Yeah, Milt Macklin, that is a good name, actually. What's the scoop? Well, the scoop is, uh, run into the Rockefeller in the jungle. Um, so he'd actually run into him in the jungle, not far from where he supposedly disappeared. I got a call and tell him to hold the front pages. So he failed to find him, but hmm. he shot a great deal of film showing the asthma in their home. And then when they got home and developed it, Four years later, another documentary crew decided they were about to go to go to New Guinea and look for it. So they looked through all of the footage. There's hours and hours of this, and they saw a naked, bearded white man who, though the quality of the film was poor, totally looked like Michael Rockefeller. And they've got a picture here. So mm. this is the asthma, and there is there is a sort of white naked guy rowing a canoe alongside them. I mean, how you could tell that's Michael Rockefeller, I don't know. I mean, he would have been in his early thirties at this point as well. Um, but yeah, it's a skinny. White blood, basically. Um, so the the idea that he went native among the Asmat is not the only explanation for his disappearance. 
you know, other people wrecked me, was, um, you know, killed by villagers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, so, you know, not, not a variant. <laughs> I've just seen a picture of him with his camera with the uh with the clan behind him and they look like they're gonna eat him. Like they like the smile on that guy's face. It's spooky. <laughs> yeah, I mean um... like that doesn't that doesn't look well that doesn't look like a happy smile, does it? It's happy someone's lunch. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hungry smart. This was getting from delivery tonight. Um Okay, well there's a picture of I mean, you, can, you can make as much of these things, can't you? But yeah, there's a but you'll see also naked well, guy spearfishing or, or on a canoe. They're on a canoe, so they're they're Yeah, I can see from... that. Yeah, that is a white guy, that's for yeah. sure. There's, I mean that, that of that there is no doubt. I I mean the thing is, although it's probably not common, it sounds like people did come and go, and obviously yeah. there were you know, I mean, probably not naked. Well, no, that is, yeah. Oh, no, obviously. But what I'm saying is, I think it's not beyond the realms of possibility someone else, although having the, said that, wouldn't wouldn't have been reported against as well. It's weird, but yeah. So that so, um, and that was filmed in 1969. So both of them are plausible. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's some there's some evidence here. I mean, maybe yeah, maybe he just decided. I mean, the one thing that's quite interesting to me is maybe know, he was really sick of to, all the wealth and everything well, and just wanted to, to go back. Completely to, turn his, his yeah. yeah his you know, existence he, into that. I think I think they're they're both plausible. The, you know, well, I think you know the the murder is a plausible theory, and you you know it's you can understand from the whole kind of like you know from the the thing that happened five years later. But obviously, the Smithsonian guy is drawing some inferences there. Mm. Um, albeit it sounds like the Dutch authorities were much more convinced that that was the case as well and covered up any kind of, you know, any of that. In the Weirdly, that's now, the the drowning thing now seems like the least plausible now yeah. that we've heard the other two stories. God, that is interesting, isn't it? Like the white guy there. I mean, naked, it's, th- it's, it's three plausible theories. It's, it's three yeah. some, somewhat plausible theories anyway. So yeah, I, reckon could... he, I, reckon he's, I, I reckon he's joined them. Okay, like that, pic- that, that picture's like sold it to me. That's the, that's. I think the right. thing is, how do you know it's Michael Rockefeller? You don't, but the thing is, like, who it's, could it, I mean, who could who it be? else? Yeah. Who would be there naked doing it? And the hairline's the same and everything. So, I mean, I think the picture. What you can't say is who that person is, but you can. It's definitely you know. Like no, the, but the hair. But the thing is, not stuff, one of the clan. It's, you know, but it's stuff like. But well, he is one of the clan now, isn't he? Well, that's true. Yeah, we well, you know what I mean. Um, well, not wasn't originally one of them. No. New blood. Um, no, but the hair. The fact that the hairline's the same is striking to me. Because he was kind of balding when he had a high yeah. hairline. Again, I wouldn't, you know, read too I mean, much. it looks a bit like Art Garfunkel. I mean, that's the other thing. I mean... Could it have been Art Garfunkel? What was Garfunkel, Garfunkel doing at this point? While uh, Paul Simon was busy ripping yeah. off South Africa music for the Graceland album. Uh, could well, this, is, Art, this could be just could after Art, they split up, couldn't it? Could Art Garfunkel have gone to try and find some... Because uh, he was big into folk, wasn't he? So Dutch, this is the next Dutch step. Dutch Guinea uh, music yeah. to, try and, to try and combat that, I guess. Yeah. Because they um, they became rivals, didn't they? Yeah, and then they then they could sing Scarborough Fair to them other night as well. <laughs> Are you going to Scarborough Fair? Yeah. Search possibility and time. <laughs> I can never remember what that hell song. 
Yeah, so anyway, well, that's that's pretty much it, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, you know, three. I, I, yeah. Personally, I'd probably go with the he was killed in a revenge attack. but um, And I'm going to go with that, he's, that he joined the tribe. But I've, uh, I've probably managed... killed since because don't know how good he would have been in one of those big Barneys. Well, I mean, yeah, the thing, well, he would have been since because he'd be in his 80s, he'd be 38. So he'd been, no, but um, I mean, like, yeah. like, presumably the. The men of the tribe train as warriors from young, and he's some Nancy boy. <laughs> uh, so, and if he'd gone to one of the fights, then I don't know that he would have survived it. But who knows? Who knows? So I think that Might that have had pic- some modern techniques. That picture sold it for me that he joined the tribe. Well, there you go, listeners. Make your own, make your own mind up. But yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Don't listen to us. Make your own mind up. No, so, you know. Lovely. All, all right, three, all three reasonably plausible, but uh, yeah. Let's go for our system. Let's go up for our system. system. Yeah. Duskoran. Uh, so spookiness. Spookiness, Neil. Yeah. So I think um, it's that whole thing, isn't it, where you kind of overreach yourself and then because I say you know you sort of take the Mickey, but I don't. I don't think it was necessarily was. It, it didn't come across. Here like we go. Ar- well, you you you've why got you just turn, Why don't you just go to the Rockefeller Center with with your cap in your hand? Yeah. Why don't you do that? Kissing lips for your Botox. Um, <laughs> but no, no, no. I, I mean, you know, I don't know. He might have been. He, he, I don't know. We didn't, you don't really get much about what the character is or isn't, to be honest with you, other than he's quite adventurous. But um, yeah, I think, but no, it's the it's something that's quite sort of tragic around sort of like, you know, him, him coming a cropper because he's underestimated what's going on here. But actually, if it hadn't have been for the, a crime committed by other people, and I think just the whole idea of, you know, either either getting eaten by crocodiles or or getting you know getting murdered um, when you've just sort of come out and you think yeah everything's kind of like friendly and you're on good terms. I think that's that's fairly spooky. Um, but then again, if you go out and live with, it's a bit like there was a um, oh gosh, you know, I mean, again, they thought they were trying to do the right thing. But you see that American missionary who tried. There's a there's a uh, a protected tribal area somewhere, I believe, off of the coast of India. Yes, I know. Um, sure. And he decided to go and preach God to them. He yeah, even though there was big, even though there were big signs everywhere yeah. saying, "Don't like, really, really don't do this." And he had to sort of bribe someone to get back in rebellion. So, and he, you know, <laughs> tragically, he was killed. But then, you know, this is this is what's sort of going to happen if you put yourself into some of those sort of. But having said that, in, the, in this, there'd been contact before. It's not like he just rocked up to a completely. You know, there had mm-hmm. been some contact, and he had, you know, they'd, they'd taken the precautions about translators and all the rest of it. Yeah, but it's that whole thing about, you know, um, going out into the world and then sort of like, um, but yeah, I think I think getting getting stabbed with um, spears and and eaten is not not ideal. So I think that's quite spooky. Um, all right, he, but yeah, he may have may have gone on to to live out there or uh, or what have you. But as you say, how far, he, how, how well, well he would have done the rock. But I will know, that would have been, he would have been out there for eight years at that point when they were mm. filming him, so. Training, right. Stallone you know, in Rocky Four. He didn't go down immediately. No. Um, but yeah, maybe, but who knows. But yeah, so I think it's, it's not, it's not like spooky spooky, but it's kind of like, uh, you know, the idea of being, being killed and, and eaten isn't too great. So I'm going to give it a six. Six. Um, so, yeah, like being complete fish out of water, um, you would, because in that environment you're essentially a baby again. You can't look after yourself if you're from our, our part of the world, if you were suddenly out in the jungle. 
you know what I mean? Like you could survive for a bit, but you're you're essentially oh, yeah, you're not you've, you've got yourself, no yeah. you've got no training or knowledge or anything. So and there's dangers there, so that's quite spooky. I think the whole kind of um society based around death is would be quite spooky because it'd be very different to anything which I knew and uh the uh, it's difficult. I was going to say the, the sort of cheapness of human life, but I guess for mm. them, it's not cheap because it's performing a very it's important function. Mm. But um, you'd be there and you wouldn't have to, presumably, to start with at least, you wouldn't have the same belief system, so it would be quite scary. And knowing that the people you're hanging around with were all murderers, essentially, although they wouldn't call it that, but in your mind frame. Um, so I think there'd be... As nice as everyone was, there's a bit of a sense of threat, isn't there? Oh yeah, totally. Like, because you know that they uh, they are willing to and have done things that you would most people, everything you've grown up with, you wouldn't do. Yes. So I think that kind of sense of uneasiness and threat will give it a five for me. Um, believability. Well, it's high, isn't it? Because it has happened. And, you know, like, there's nothing supernatural here. Um, and all three of the uh, potential scenarios um, are also believable. So, I mean, it's a 10 nil for believability. Yeah, I'm not going to go into too much more about that. There's th three scenarios which are all reasonably plausible. Um, you can decide which one sort of you want. But, I mean, none of them are completely ridiculous. So, yes, yeah, 10 for believability. Something happened, clearly. Narrative premise. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's quite interesting. And there's a whole load of, you know, you go back to things like Heart of Darkness and things like that. There's a lot of, um, you know, things about this where people, you know, you got a whole thing thing as well around you're wanting to go out and, and make contact and learn from from people, but then you're sort of possibly biting off more than you can chew or not aware of some of the other things that have gone on. Again, he couldn't have known what happened five years earlier because I'm sure it was all covered up, but. Um, yeah, you know, it, uh, I mean, that's that's been that's been a, um, in a in a few different kind of films and things, but uh, and, and I say yeah, like the whole heart of darkness thing. But um, yeah, so I think there's quite there's quite a rich tale on here. The fact that he's the you know uh, son of billionaires as well. I think, well, it, I mean, let's face it, it has been an off Broadway play and a telephone uh, tele television show with Leonard Nimoy and whatever the other um, options were. So yeah, I think I'm going to give it a seven. So uh, I'm aware that I've given him a hard time because of my hatred of the 1%, right? But my th what I'm thinking, right, is if he did stay there. So you could imagine that, that growing up within that kind of rarefied environment would be quite stifling and controlling. Mm, well, 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 temperament, yeah. You know, and um, it could well be... Doing a bit of that stifling myself. But... Yeah, but it could well be that that didn't suit him and mm. it could well be that maybe... And this is like, I'm just wild positing, but, you know, um, from a you know from a sexuality point of view, it might not have suited him. Do you know what it I mean? Is. Like, it, it, But he goes to this tribe and it's really relaxed and the stuff which he's told is bad and don't do this and that. Then he goes there and like everyone's fine with it, and you could and it's back. You know, you're you're living a more kind of 
free life than maybe he felt he was living and he decided to stay, right? I don't think that's beyond the realms of possibility. I'm obviously positing a lot of stuff there, but that's what narrative premise is for. Um, and if that that be if that is the case or something like that, then you know, good luck to him, and I hope he found some happiness which he wasn't finding back in his normal life. So, yeah, you could take it. So I'll, I'll give it a seven as well now. Um, Reach. So I hadn't heard of this before. I looked it up. Um, but I imagine it was quite a big to-do in America at the time. Um, but it's, I don't know. It's not that well-known, I don't think. No, I don't think so. So, uh, although it has had to play and stuff. But uh, I'm just going to give it a four for Reach now. Yeah, I think it's slightly lower on this one. I think it's an interesting Reach, though, with this one. So, obviously, it's one that's going to be around for a while because of who he was. So, being from such a wealthy family, it's you know, it'll be one that will be around mm. and known for, for, for a very long time. It's not going away. Um, but that's kind of like more than what, what, what that happened to him. Um, I think the thing that's interesting as well is that it's probably become something of a legend within the villages themselves mm. on the island, yeah, um, you know, but true. from a very different perspective. Now, obviously, that's not a huge reach because it's, a you know, yeah. What, what, geographically, it's quite large. I imagine that the, the sizes of their villages aren't that big. Um, but yeah, you know, so it's interesting, but not um, but not sizable reach. So yeah, I'll give it a four as well. And that gives us an overall score of quite a large fifty-three. Mm, not too answer. bad. Um, so uh, I forgot to say something at the start, which I'll say now, and I'll do it on the start. When of everyone's turned next up. one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, do you know what? I'll, I might have to insert it in. But um, just to let everyone know, we were recently um, scored and put in a, a podcast review site thing. Um, and we are considered by the panel of judges the eighth best urban legends podcast uh, available currently on planet Earth. Make the category niche enough. You take exactly. me in the top ten. That's it. So um, I said that I'd read out uh, the the thing. Um, one hand washes the other. So if you want to have a look, and and to be fair, it's it's a decent website, and uh, I've looked on there for stuff to listen to before, and that's actually why I I found it. Um, but it's podcast.feedspot.com, and if you want to see the urban legend bit, because you want to see which ones are better than us, because you want to switch over to one of them, which yeah. is completely understandable. <laughs> then it's podcast.feespot.com forward slash urban underscore legends underscore podcasts. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, then please do at urb.legends.podcast at gmail.com or at legends urbane on the Twitters. Apart from that, uh, leave a comment and stuff. Uh, someone left us a five-star review, our only one so far on iTunes. So if um, if we can get that ball rolling... Then um, yeah, why not? Then uh, that'd be that'd be lovely, and it'd just be a little nice thing for us. Um, yeah, but apart from that, enjoy your week. If you're uh, if you're planning on going and staying with any Stone Age tribes, then make sure you check into their history with colonial governments beforehand. Just uh, just say so going precaution. Just say so going in with your eyes open. Um, but beyond that, we'll see you next week with a monster which was spotted around a place in the UK. Nice. Goodbye. Goodbye. It's an urban legend. Oh, yeah. I don't get it, you great. Oh, I'd give it my best. Point of water, please, John. 
Boy, Steve, you sound right. You are being my age.